So as we move forward here, so let's open up our Bibles here to uh, to Matthew chapter 26, if you will. Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to look at verses uh, 38 through 40. Matthew chapter 26, verse 38 through 40, and we're going to examine the topic, could you not wait with me one hour? Could you not just wait with me for one hour? So as we look at this topic, well, as we're going to walk through this text, our background here is Jesus is getting ready to die. And so he obviously understands the agony that's coming. He understands the pain that's coming. He understands all these things are getting ready to happen. And so what Jesus does, Jesus up to this point, if you think about what Jesus has done, his body of work, he had done so much for the disciples as a, as a leader, as a friend, and as their Lord. He had done so much for them. He was always there for them. He was always patient with them. He always taught them. So tonight, what we're going to look at, we're going to look at sometimes our preachers and sometimes our elders. Sometimes we need somebody there for us too. So sometimes I think we have this idea or, or this mindset that as a preacher or as an elder, that we don't necessarily need that quote-unquote strength or quote-unquote encouragement or confidence like the rest of us do. But, you know, we need that encouragement too. Your elders need that encouragement. Your preacher needs that encouragement. And tonight, as we look through this text and different other examples, we're going to look that even our leaders and even our Lord in his most agonizing time, he wanted somebody there to wait and to watch and to pray with him. Could you not just wait with me just for one hour? So let's read our text and then we'll get into our outline for uh, for this evening. So Matthew chapter 26, and let's look at uh, verse number 38. The text says this, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Now, again, if you look at verse 33, notice the mind state and notice where Jesus is. So notice this proves that even though leaders continuously do good things, what can they still be according to the text? My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. So even unto death, tarry ye here and watch with me. So this proves that even those that we feel are strong still need help. Verse number 39, and Jesus went a little farther and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he comes unto the disciples and finds them asleep and says unto Peter, what could you not watch with me just for one hour? So as we walk through our outline here, I hope that we can have a newfound appreciation for, for Jesus, for what he's done. But we can also have a newfound appreciation for your local eldership, for your local preacher, right, for your local leadership there. So as we walk through, let's look at some things according to some different texts in the New Testament, how our leaders are able to help us. So number one, could you not could you not wait with me just one hour? Number one, our leaders take the time to change your life. Have you ever sat down and really thought about that, of what your local preacher is doing, of what your local eldership is doing? Your leaders have taken the time and they've dedicated their entire well-being to help to change your life. 
See, here's an example here just from our text. So look at who wrote this book in Matthew. We'll look at how Jesus changed his life. So let's flip over here to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to notice the calling of Matthew, but notice how, how Jesus changes his life. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse number 9, notice what our text says. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew, the author of our book, the author of our text, sitting at the receipt of custom, and he saith unto him, follow me. So think about this for a second. Think about, think about our author. So Matthew, as we know, was a publican. Now, if you jump down to verse number 10, here's the thing about publicans. Every time in the scripture, when you see that word publican, it's always associated with sinner or always associated with harlot. So now Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, doing what he's doing there, he's a publican and people hate publicans because they're associated with sinners and harlots. So now imagine all of your life as Matthew you're hated for what you do. All of your life, you're hated because of who you are. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, while you're doing your job one day, Jesus walks through and enters your life, and he says two words, follow me. That had to have changed Matthew's life. So our leaders, our elders, our preachers, what they do, they change lives through the gospel. So Matthew, through the calling of Jesus, had his life changed from this point forward. After Jesus said, follow me, Matthew's life changed forever. I'm reminded of what Jesus did to his disciples as well. He helped their families. Look at Matthew chapter 8 and look at verse 14, uh, 14 through 15. So not only did Jesus change their lives, but after Jesus changed their lives, Jesus helped their families. So notice the text here, Jesus is going to help Peter's mother-in-law, beginning in verse 14 of chapter 8. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw that his wife's mother laid sick of fever. And as he touched her hand, the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto him. So notice the things that Jesus has been doing for his disciples. We're building this thought process of what leaders do, okay? So notice. Not only did Jesus help to change their lives forever, Matthew and Peter included, but Jesus helped their families, right? Healed, healed Peter's mother-in-law. And so now Jesus has done, up to this point, Jesus had done all this great stuff for his disciples. But Jesus, if we go back to our text in Matthew chapter 26, how's Jesus feeling right now? The leader the person that changed their life, the person that's changed their families, the person that cares about them, now he's sorrowful. Now he needs help. So as Jesus is going through his pain, Jesus is going through his agony, he never really asked his disciples for much in the Gospels other than, you know, obviously discipleship. But in terms of, of personal things, Jesus never really asked for much from the disciples. But he did ask them this in the text. I'm hurting right now. My soul is exceeding sorrowful. And he asked them simply, could you just not wait and watch with me just for one hour? You see, when we see our elders, when we see our preachers, when we see them hurting, when we see them in need, notice what the text says here. So now Jesus is sorrowful 
he says, I'm sorrowful even unto death. So now as he went a little farther, he prayed that this cup would pass in verse 39. But watch verse 40. And then when he comes back to his disciples, the people that he helped change their lives, the people that he helped their families, when he needed them, where were they? He came to the disciples and he found them asleep. So when we see our local eldership, when we see our local preacher, when we see them hurting, when we see them in need, do we fall asleep? like the disciples did. They've done everything to help us. They've done everything to help change our lives. They're watching over our souls. They're feeding us. They're doing all these things spiritually. But when they need help, where are we at for them? Are we asleep just like the disciples were asleep for Jesus? Or will we take action as those leaders have taken action in our lives? Could you not just wait with me just for one hour? Our leaders take the time because they care to help change your life for eternity. You know, when you think about that, that, um, that concept of changing someone's life for eternity, this is why the scripture talks about what true joy is. And I believe this is what the church is missing today. As we evangelize, as we grow, as we help people, the true joy, yes, there is is great joy in fellowship. There is great joy in getting together and doing whatever it is. But there's there's no joy in the world than to know that you had a part in helping this person, whoever they are, to change the course of their life for eternity. For eternity. So can you imagine how Jesus feels? Jesus understands that he's done all this for his disciples. He's always helped them. He's always helped their families. He always helped to try to change their lives. But then Jesus said, now I'm hurting. Can you wait with me just for one hour? Our leaders take time to change our lives. Now, let's keep moving forward. So not only do our leaders take time to change our lives, but number two, Our leaders take the time to strengthen our faith. So Jesus here in this text, obviously he needs his faith strengthened because we can't miss this verse because of verse 39. Let's read verse 39 again of our text. So after Jesus went a little bit farther, he fell on his face and he prayed and he said, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Stop right there. As you circle, highlight, do what you like to do as you study. You know what chapter or verse 39 was for Jesus? That was a temptation. Lord, I understand this pain is getting ready to come. Please let let this cup pass. So naturally, Jesus understood that he was going to die on the cross, and he understood the nature and what that would entail. So now this is becoming real, and now he understands the time is here. That's a scary moment for anyone. So what do you think Jesus needed at that time? He needed somebody to strengthen him. So now let's look at what he did for his disciples. Look at Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And uh, I want to notice verses 31 and 32. Again, 
this is this is Peter here as well. So now Jesus obviously tells Peter that he's going to deny him three times. But even though Jesus knows that Peter is going to deny him, notice Jesus still, still gives that man strength. Can you imagine that? I think that's something we gloss over. Imagine knowing, knowing from the jump that somebody is going to deny that they know you. Somebody is going to deny that what you had means nothing. But you still take the time to strengthen them anyway. That's incredible, isn't it? But that's what a that's what a true leader will do. So now let's 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 read our text. Verse number 31 of chapter 22. And the Lord said to Simon, Simon, behold, Satan desires to have you so that he might sift you as wheat. But so now this is this a bad moment, right? Satan wants Peter. But now watch verse 32. But I have prayed for thee that your faith fail not. Then after you're converted, you go strengthen thy brethren. See, Jesus here in this text, even though he was being denied, he still was trying to strengthen Peter by praying for him that his faith doesn't fail. So our leaders, our elders, our preachers, they take the time in all of our toughest situations that we can find ourselves in. Imagine a tough situation that you've talked to your preacher about. Imagine a tough situation that you've talked to your elders about. Imagine those situations. And they prayed for us. They prayed for our faith. They helped us through. They guided us through that time. So when Satan was tempting Jesus in the garden, verse number 39, what was Peter doing? Peter was asleep. So when Peter was being tempted, who was there for him? Jesus. But when Peter, but when Jesus needed Peter, what was Peter doing? Peter fell asleep. Could you not just, could you not just wait just for one hour? See, now here's a question that we must ask as well. Are you only awake for your local preacher? Are you only awake for your local elder just when you need him? I'll say that again. Are you only awake for your local preacher and for your local elder just when you need him? This is what Peter was doing. Peter was awake here when he needed when when he needed Christ, but when Christ needed him, where was he? He was asleep. So here's something that I think is is a great lesson to show. Anyone that has that has helped us, the the great thing about the Christian walk is we have to learn to be grateful and, and show gratitude. Look at this. Look at Luke chapter 17. Jump over just a few chapters back. Luke chapter 17. And I want to read this text of verses um, 13 through 19. So this is Jesus, again, being, being the man that he is, being the leader and the helper and the lover of men that he is. Notice what he does for these men here. Verse 13, or verse number uh, 12. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have 
mercy on us. So again, if you don't if you don't know anything about leprosy, it was it was such a dangerous disease. Limbs would fall off. If you had this disease, you would always have to go around and say unclean, unclean. You would have to be outside of the camp. You couldn't be inside the camp. So it was total um, just exile if you had this disease. So this is a bad problem now, isn't it? This is you could die from this. And what did they want Jesus to give him? So when I'm in need, when I need your help, what do I what do I want you to give me? Have mercy on us. Verse 13. Verse 14. And when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were all cleansed. So think about the miracle that just happened here. They were just cleansed from an incurable disease. So now don't you think after you're cleansed from something that's incurable, what should be shown after that? Gratitude. Now let's keep reading the text. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Now, notice the the one question that Jesus asked in verse 17. And Jesus answered. And he said, weren't there 10 that were cleansed? Now, watch the second question. Where are the other nine? So now, as we as we think about this, this topic of our leaders take time to strengthen our faith, Jesus took the time, even though Peter denied him to keep strengthening his faith. Jesus took the time to strengthen the leper's faith, even though only one would come back and say, thank you for doing what you did. So now notice this as we kind of wrap this one up. So when we see our leader's faith weak, because what was Jesus going through in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, he was going through a temptation not to go through what he had to go through. So when we see our leader's faith, when we see our local preacher, when we see our local elders, when we see their faith weak, do we fall asleep too? Do we just go away happy because we're healed? Jesus said, where's the other nine? Only one came back. So the question becomes, what's the question that Jesus is asking again? Can you not just wait with me for one hour? So notice up to this point, all the good that Jesus has done for everybody. And literally, I know everybody uses that phrase, everybody and their mom, but Jesus literally helped everybody and Peter's mother-in-law. So it was everybody. So notice Jesus isn't asking for much, but he says, I just want an hour. So notice, here's what happens sometimes with, with, uh, with leadership. Well, he'll be okay. He he has a relation. He knows the Bible. Our elders know the Bible. He'll he'll be okay. He'll be fine. He has a relationship with God. So if this was the correct logic, then why would Jesus, being God, ask for help then? You see, guess what this proves? This text proves that everyone needs help. Even our Lord. Our Lord wanted somebody, anybody, to sit there and just wait with him and watch. 
just for one hour. And as much as Jesus did for everybody else, they couldn't even give him that. How sad is that? Our leaders take the time to change our lives forever, for eternity. Our leaders take the time to strengthen our faith. And then number three, our leaders take time and make time for you. Notice what I said here. Our leaders not only take time, but our leaders make time for you. So Jesus at this time, he had already been seen doing great things, right? He had already been seen doing great things. But Jesus, being the busy man that he was, he always took time to find someone who called out to him, who wanted help. Look at this text. Quickly, go to Mark chapter 10, if you will. Mark chapter 10, and we'll look at verses 13 through 16. Now, let's notice what Jesus does here. Again, remember, what's our point? Our leaders take time and make time for you. So this is what Jesus did. So Jesus got done teaching. <coughs> Excuse me. Now he got done teaching. He's doing all this. So now notice the young children start to come to Jesus. Notice what the text says in verse 13 of chapter 10. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. But what did his disciples do? His disciples rebuked those that brought them. No, Jesus didn't have time for that. Jesus didn't have time for them. But when Jesus saw, didn't we talk about that last night in John 5? But when Jesus saw them, he was much displeased. And he said, suffer the little children to come to me and don't forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. So think about the disciples, what they're doing. They rebuke those that brought the children to Jesus. And Jesus was displeased at that. As busy as he was, he said, no, let them come. Jesus loved people. Your local eldership loves people. Your local preacher loves people. They will take time and they will make time to make sure that they're exposed to the gospel. So think about this for a second. Think about all the time that Jesus invested into all his disciples. Think about all the time Jesus invested into mankind while he was here. Think about all the time your local preacher has invested in you. Think about all the times that your local eldership has invested in you to teach you, to equip you, to help you, to help you grow, to give you opportunities to grow, to challenge you, to love you, to comfort you, to strengthen your faith. All these things that these great men do, have you done it back to them? Or have we been asleep just like the disciples were? Have we been asleep? And so I want you to notice this. As we look at this text back in, in Matthew chapter 26, the wonderful thing about this text is even though no one was there for Jesus, he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. But you know what we can learn from Matthew chapter 26? We can learn, let's not let it get to that point with our local preacher. Let's not let it get to that point with our local eldership where there's nobody there for them when they need them. 
Let's be there for them. Let's not fall asleep like the disciples did. So as we look at this, could you just not wait with me just for one hour? Tonight, I hope that we can learn to develop a newfound appreciation for these good men. And notice, I want I want to, um, to reiterate this, um, this thought process. Good men in general, talking about in the world, good men are hard to come by, just in the world generally. But good men in the church are even rarer. So when you have good men, when you have a good man, take advantage of of what you have there. See, the one regret that I've heard many members and, and other people say over the years about different preachers, about different elders is this. When he was here, when he was with us, when he was there, when he was here, we took him for granted. Essentially, we're doing the same things the disciples did. While they're doing all this great stuff for us, we fell asleep. See, sometimes we really don't know what, sometimes we really don't know that the care, the concern, and the effort that someone has given and done for us until they're gone. Jesus here in this text, Jesus needed help. Jesus wanted someone there with him. Your local preacher wants someone there with him. Your local eldership wants someone there with him. So now here's the great thing about this. The disciples at this point, they fell asleep. But I want you to notice the disciples later on, after Jesus was gone, notice they finally learned to appreciate him. Notice this. Look at 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 and look at verse number 1. Actually, verses 1 through 3, we'll read this as we close here. So notice what John writes about Jesus. So now, what had they all done in Matthew 20, uh, Matthew 26? When Jesus needed them, they fell asleep. But now watch how they talk about him now as, they grow, as they've grown and as they've matured. And as they've really understood, yes, he's not here anymore. But since he's not here anymore, I really understand what he was trying to do for me. Notice this, verse 1 of, of chapter 1 that which was from the beginning. Notice how they describe Jesus, which we heard, which we've seen with our eyes, and we looked upon him, and our hands have handled him, and he was, he was the word of life. For that life, verse 2, was manifested, and we saw it. Not only did we see it, but we bear witness unto it. And show unto you that eternal life that was with the Father was manifested unto us. We saw him. We could touch him. We could, we could handle him. Verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, now we declare so that you can see it. And so you can hear it. So that you might have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father. And notice the appreciation. But our fellowship is also with Jesus. 
Now watch how how he ends this in verse four. And these things that I'm talking about, these things that we write unto you, we write it so that your joy might be full. They really learn to appreciate him. Can you not just wait with me for one hour? Brethren, I know we don't hear many sermons about uh, appreciating our our local preacher, appreciating our local elder. But our leaders, they take the time. They have dedicated their entire lives to find ways to help to change your life. Our local leadership, our local eldership, our local uh, preacher, they take the time to find ways to strengthen your faith, even at times when you don't even want it for yourself like Peter. And then number three, our local leadership, our elders and our local preacher, they take the time and they make time for you. So as they do these things for you, the same question is asked that Jesus asked his disciples. Could you not just wait with me just for one hour? I hope that we have a newfound appreciation for the things that Jesus did, but the things that your local preacher and elder is doing. Next time you see them, appreciate them, hug them, let them know that their work and everything that they do is not in vain, that they're appreciated and that they're loved because these are some great men that are doing a great work for our Lord. Again, before I hand it over to uh, Brother Jonathan, uh, we'll end off in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, hallowed be thy great, thy holy name. Father, again, we're thankful for another opportunity that we have to open up the scripture, to uh, to dive in, to see what the word has to say. Father, we're grateful for the example of Christ uh, as he did so many things for so many people. Uh, Father, as he uh, took the time to help change people's lives, as he strengthened people's faith, and as he took the time and made time for them. Father, we ask that we can be appreciative of Jesus appreciative of the things that he's done for us, just as that one leper was appreciative of being healed. Father, we ask that we would appreciate our local eldership. We would appreciate our our local preachers for the things that they do, the sacrifices that they make, the love and the care and the concern that they have for the brethren. Father, we ask that we can continue to work in unity, that we can continue to grow and develop and to increase our faith. Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity that all of us have uh, to be called thy servants. Father, we love thee and we thank thee. That's us, let me pray. Amen.